It's here. Well, welcome back to Montana Voices Podcast. We're back in Season 3, Episode 4, and we'll start with our list of stuff. You're probably listening on the podcasting platform of your choice, iTunes, everything but Spotify. On TikTok, Instagram, and uh, Facebook, we are at Montana Voices Podcast. We like to keep that simple. And also our website, MontanaVoicesPodcast.com. And to reach us out to us on email, we are MontanaVoicesPodcast at gmail.com. And as always, it's great to have Squeak back. Hello, it's good to be back, Jimmy. Let's uh, start with our old stuff. We'll just run through the list, and if there's anything to add, interrupt. So uh, we talked about a film about smallpox shot entirely in Blackfeet on the Blackfoot Reservation. Those uh, Clinton people again, which we're good, it's a repeat, will be on those people again later. We talked about weed as of last week. CBD was back. The Crow Police Force, or now defunct police force, we are remodeling our trap houses, and speaking of remodels, hedge funds are trying to buy our papers. We talked about CPS in Cascade County getting a uh, mighty big judgment, I think $16 million for uh, their liability and the death of a child. We talked about Corey Stapleton, which is our new thing because I've, I don't care about copyright. We're going to start off strong with this. It's only like 10 seconds. Well, that's quite enough of that. Oh, quite enough. <laughs> that was Corey Stapleton and the, the Spicy Pirates? or No, Pretty Pirates. The Pretty Pirates. Oh, spicy means something completely different. But Cor- yes. Corey Stapleton is not yet spicy, but this new, <laughs> this new shinding doesn't work out. He very well could be a spicy accountant. Right, you know, or he could, you know, try and sue you for copyright infringement. Yeah. We are promoting his thing. This, that's off no, of his website. Is- all publicity is good publicity, so, you know. Which leads me into our next thing. Those uh, Clinton people are actually not the Clinton people. Because I spent, I had a few long drives this last week, and so I spent more time than I probably should have researching and listening to. I found some of this guy's sermon. Last week we covered the Clinton church being, uh, the pastor being accused of hate speech. We don't know if there's any validity to those claims yet, but either way, they definitely have some sort of beef with the LGBTQ and pride people. So they, uh, a quick recap, school lunches over the summer, they partnered with the food bank. There was a pride banner. They got, they saw that were unhappy and decided to do the lunches on their own. Somebody accused him of hate speech, realtors, cause he's also a realtor by day decided to, uh, or somebody made a complaint to the Realtor Association of Missoula, and there's going to be an invest hearing later this month. Or actually, it might be, have already occurred. I haven't haven't looked yet. So it was mid-December, somewhere around there, so I may have missed it. But Yeah, yeah. Seems like some uh, interesting topics that he likes to cover there. Oh, speaking of, of topics, I, uh, <laughs> so the Clinton guy, brought in the uh, Daily Gazette people, the or the Sydney Gideon Knox guy who if you, <laughs> that that guy again. Gideon Knox. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what he calls himself. And I'm thinking that this should be the last time we cover this people. They they are a hate group, but they appear to thrive off of attention. I I listen to they've also got a podcast they called it Protestia or yeah, this is called Protestia. Don't watch it. They they get more views when you do that. You have to get it from a defunct. Yes, protesticles. There's definitely <laughs> ickles involved. I think. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, well, I think so. I think so. But they they really get off on people being upset with them. 
So I'm getting some real uh, Westboro vibes, um, which is something he's quick to point out that we should not compare them to that those Westboro people, which is a uh, Jeffrey Stars of the church world. <laughs> yes, the the worst. <laughs> oh man. So I, I listen to we normally listen. Me both of us listen to a lot of content in preparation for our cast uh, every week. We're how often, however often we do this. It's a good thing about being self-employed. We have no schedule. That's right. We're our own bosses. I I didn't burden you with listening to um, multiple sermons as well as the Sunday sermon from the uh, Clinton Community Church. That, so I listened to that sermon. <laughs> I had to drive all the way from Missoula to Billings and back. So I'm um, for some work stuff. So I had a lot of time with nothing to do, and this was a good enough time to do that. As well as listen to several protestias, listen to his sermons, and. They really get off on people being angry with them. And if you look at some of the things they've been accused of within some things that are in litigation where they were harassing the uh, the native trans protester during the last legislative session. Oh, well, come on. Yes. Well, that guy has a book out. Um, I, I would have to look up his name. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I actually bought it. So, And I've gotten as far as like a compilation of short stories by, written by natives about native experiences. And that sounds pretty cool. You should definitely uh, maybe link that when you. Yeah, I'm gonna I mean, go. If you're gonna play Corey Stapleton's music, we should definitely shout out this uh, this book. The name yeah, is generally a... Adrian Jawart. I apologize if I'm not saying that right. So spell it. Spell uh, it. J a w o r t. Northern Cheyenne author and journalist for the Western Native Voice, which is one of the venues that we follow to, for. His authorship appears to be short stories and also some short journalism. So, very short form factor, but it's the compilation book. Oh, he's been featured on uh, Montana Public Radio. Oh, very good, very good. That's some good stuff. Read his story in the uh, last compilation book he had, and but it starts out with some very, very graphic tales of domestic abuse and uh, then divorce by uh, Cinnamon Spears, another Native author who we're familiar with because she writes children's books. So we, we actually have several. Uh, or I think she only has two out, so we've got both of them. I got the good times and the bad. <laughs> yes. Well, the, the bad times are reserved for adult. This is definitely adult oh, yes. reading. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hope so. I'm sure it is. <laughs> so they were harassing this gentleman, and then they were harassing an, another trans person at Town Pump. Uh, they uh, felt compelled to tell them that they will always be a man, regardless of... Uh, it's really vile stuff when you listen to him. Um, I don't want to repeat some of the things that he oh, said because they're yeah. they're awful. But I, I'm thinking we should not mention it again. But I will make a point that I did listen to the Clinton sermon because they published theirs online. I listened to the uh, the the Sydney sermon, J.D. Hall or whatever his name is. Uh, he's cosplaying as a cowboy or something. He's got the hat and everything. But he, I will say, he's a very compelling speaker. So he's got at least the rapport down and the cadence and tempo. So. If he, if he wasn't so awful with all these red flags, he, he could have a future in radio or something. In fact, he, I guess no one would hire him, so he made his own radio station. Yeah. Looks like he did. Well, and I also watched what they did publish. They published his I'm, speech. I'm really confused now because I think I'm, am I looking at the right thing? Is this the same J.D. Hall who played Willie in Power Rangers Wild Force? Oh, let's not sully the good names of the Power Rangers here. So... Mm, yeah, I think this this can't be the right guy. <laughs> no, he's seventy four, and he's um hmm. 
Man, that's... Wow, unfortunate that this guy's tangled up with this other guy. Never never dirty the name of the Power Rangers. You're right, you're right. I, right. I am not going to associate the two. Right. Uh, J.D. Hall from the Gideon Knox group is who you're looking for. If you search J.D. Hall, Montana, it looks like a African-American. Was that the voice actor for the Power Rangers? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, see? Uh, well, and that link goes to the PowerRangersFandom.com wiki. That's, that's not a good. <laughs> well, we we have to separate these two because we don't want yes. the innocent in. Send only love to actor J.D. Hall of Power Rangers Wild Force fame, please. But J.D. Hall from Sydney Baptist Bellowship, Gideon Knox, Montana Daily Gazette. Um, yeah, avoid that guy. Watch out for him. He's a mad guy. Yeah, avoid him. And I wouldn't say <laughs> avoid is all we should do because these people should be ignored. They're a very small but vocal section of our, you know, Montana, uh, unfortunately. Just like you look at places like Whitefish that have issues with uh, certain groups, we'll say. Yeah. They're a small portion of Montana and this is not who we are, but those people I sort of. I hope to ignore that stuff too. I always hoped that that was enough, but it's, you know, sometimes that's very frustrating. It doesn't seem that that's enough sometimes. Well, pretend they're not there. Pretend they're not I wish there. I could do that still. It would I mean, be very comfortable to do, but sometimes you just got to start talking about how it's a problem. Yeah, we can have the restraint, but you know, they really they really love it when you point it they're a problem, but the big news isn't going to as soon as these people if they're not getting the attention they want, um I, I fear they're going to escalate into something else. So, and Exactly. It, it's it's never fun to have to deal with it, but you know, you get you get to a point, you got to deal with it. Well, let's move on to our next thing about Dorian Electra, who I am. Oh, <laughs> you edit that. I, I'm I'm reading. Oh my goodness, 180 backwards. Oh, yeah. Hold oh. on. I listened to the sermon and and the the thing that J D Hall was saying at the Clinton Church. The furries are sexual deviants. It's the road to trans everything. The furries right. are the key element that they have to fight. Right. Well, see, this is really, really going to be trouble for him because the furries, they have made an alliance with the trans community. Oh, I can see why he Dorian was against Electra that. has taken the hand of the LGBTQ community, the hand of the furries. And if it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't an official alliance, I think it is now. As it should be. There's The furries are, I find them a little weird, but adults, you're free to do what you want. Right? That's... Yeah. And whatever's... Oh, Lord. Uh, I've met a lot of really cool, wholesome people, but there's like a whole ton of Christian furries. And I think it's, you know, honestly, like, he shouldn't be so cruel. There's a lot of very, very uh, devout Christian furries out there, for sure. So, you know, don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater or the furry out with the dog food or whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, well, the, the furries, he's, he's taken a stance against them. And this guy, um, he's concerned about the furries and also the the only sort of sex that he will advocate is for procreation with your christian wife or whatever but not on sundays my goodness not on sundays not on sundays (laughs) never sundays that's the day of the lord exactly no work is done on those days that's right gonna get down on your knees with our favorite (laughs) and you know Uh, that's just how it goes you know we got to have one day for that Right, but the other six you, days you of the week, you, you're free. You can take that out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm we'll leaving it. roll that back. 
no, this I like where this is headed. But oh, very good. Well, I'm never. Um, I'm always just taking things lightheartedly. I don't mean to uh, diminish anybody's anybody's orientations or anybody's religious so, affiliations. I'm, I'm just a silly lady. What can I say? So only for procreation, and he, he recommends that Christians have more children. This is his argument. They're having more children. All those liberal heathens are aborting their children. These are his words, not not my own here. So if Christians do their duty and have, he suggested, up to nine children or more, in 18 years, we would have outbred them. Well, well, then why why are they trying to stop? I actually really, he needs to think this through. Uh, I mean, it it would sound like Texas is going the opposite way of what he's... What he's going for here. So confusing. Do you want to outbreed the the heathens? Or don't you? Because it seems like you should, you know... Take well, a little less stopping work. the I mean, heathens guess, from breeding, I mean, with... Yeah, uh, they... yeah. I guess it maybe works because, you know, it means that these Christian guys get to, you know, do it more. Because they, they get to work twice as hard because it's the only time they get to have sex, apparently. So, I mean, the, the more babies they're allowed to make, the better, right? Like, is that how he sweetens the deal? Uh, is that why the... I the think so. Thing? Do these people not know <laughs> that you can just have sex? <laughs> well, you know, you really can. It's it's not a big deal. <laughs> Some people, you know, you, you kind of psych yourself out. You make it a real big deal. Sometimes you get performance anxiety. You know, you got you to lighten up a little. Your muscles what? better for the blood flow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't know what I'm talking <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course oh, yeah. not. Uh, well, we, we we've taken a positive turn here, so this is a right. upwards right. turn. But but the logic don't try to logic them too much. I I think they're assuming that if you um have a bunch of children, that they're guaranteed to be conservatives, just like you or his audience. So, but that really backfire uh, on you sometimes. Yeah, kids like to rebel, so. Oh yeah, you don't. They don't even have to have a reason. Let's, uh, I guess, move on to our next topic because these guys, we will report on the aftermath. But if they're making enemies of furries, there are, I, I think, more furries than there are people in this hate group. They're just less you organized. Know what? That is absolutely a fact. Um, fortunate enough to go to uh, one, the largest one in the country, uh, a few years back, and yeah, yeah, there's a lot of furries, man. There's a lot. It's just a uh, Ooh. Yeah, way more than the congregation he's got. I, I wouldn't play around with the furries. No, no, they. <laughs> some of them really think <laughs> they're wolves. You don't want to mess with that. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll love and accept you so much you won't even know what to do. It's 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 frightening. Well, wasn't there a uh, furry convention or at least a gathering here in Montana? I think I recall, but then it got sidestepped the last two years for COVID. But ah, uh, well, I recall um, I an event. That, uh, Oh, what is it? MissCon. Uh, that is definitely a furry-friendly event. Uh, they're all about the cosplay and all of that. All the costumes, all that fun stuff. Um, they're definitely welcome there, and I did see a few down there uh, when I attended that as well. Um, I'd say that's probably the larger event locally to find a furry. Well, uh, well, they're all over. We've, Me and you have accidentally met more than one furry, just... Oh, in yeah. passing. Yeah, it just, just kind of happens sometimes. You're like, why is this guy wearing a tail? Huh. Let me explain. <laughs> like, no, no, please don't. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> but you have a nice day. Yes. I accept you either way. 
Anyway. Oh, yeah. There's a guy I always see at the health food store. I've like, seen him around for years and years. Uh, yeah, man. Same tale. Just finds his own business. Seems nice, like a nice enough guy. Huh. They're really pretty low key. A lot of them, they just mind their own business. I don't know. I don't really understand why people get so upset about it. I don't either. It's maybe they mind their own business because they understand that adults should be able to do as they please with adults. Exactly. And you know what? It isn't. Yeah, it totally isn't all sexual and weird. I mean, they're accepting. They keep for the most part, you know, you always got to watch out for people, especially, you know, you got to watch out for your kids, you know, and I think that you wouldn't send them to Comic-Con by themselves. Don't send them to the furry con by themselves until they're old enough to be able to do something like that. And I would say, uh, take a little responsibility, personal responsibility for your kids too, because anything can be dangerous. Try not to make that the theme. There's, there's all kinds of people and just bad publicity. People kind of show up expecting that, I think. And sometimes those people who just show up because of the bad reputation, sometimes that's, that's where you get the bad actors. Right. So, the, there's a lot of people working hard to try and diminish public image that they're all a bunch of weird sex party people. I've met some really sweet people, very wholesome people. I've totally met some way out there weirdos too, though. <laughs> so well, you just got to use your discretion. If you go to the bar, you get you know, any public place you go, there's going to be some real nut jobs. I've um, met some real. I'm in the furry community too, but also cool people. Met some real weirdos at, at church. It, it seems to attract a certain sect of people that are sometimes <laughs> yeah. not fun to be around. Uh, I, I get along with the furries uh, better than I get along with church people, I'll, I'll tell you that much. As a church person, I, mean, I, I will agree well with, with you. you. I get There's... along well with you, and I know you go to church, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, church people can be difficult. We'll just, we'll just leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's just because I'm I'm such a nerd that uh, you know I feel like they speak my language and on some level, uh, whereas I'm always afraid to offend. I'm always afraid to offend, make too many jokes, or you know, and it's I just I'm the kind of person that makes jokes when I get like uneasy or uncomfortable. I try, you know, it's how I try and get through things, and sometimes that really backfires for me. So sometimes you know it's easy to offend somebody who's religious who thinks that is like a, a hell or heaven kind of deal. So they get really uh, really defensive. Furries don't get defensive like that. Some of them are sensitive. They'll just tell you what they tell you how they feel and you tell them, okay, I respect that. I'm sorry, let's be friends. And it usually works out just fine. I've been able to repair uh, such misunderstandings with furries way easier than I've ever untangled any misunderstandings with somebody I've, I've upset for a religious reason. Well, there's not much tolerance there surprisingly uh, i oh, i yeah. say that from the inside because if you make those comments on on the outs that feels like you're attacking that group we don't want to give them more of that persecution complex oh. We're not... no, no 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 this is constructive oh, criticism but yeah and nobody needs to take me as any kind of authority i'm 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 just some lady and i make jokes and that's it just some well uh the next matter is not a joking matter the uh covid mandate has been struck down so as of this cast, and that may change because, I don't know, Austin Knudsen signed on to that, our attorney general, challenging the Biden administration's COVID mandate that, of course, affects Montana. That's been, uh, did you see the protests last week? Uh, they were in Helena and Missoula. They were 
picked a, a, a random corner. In Great Falls, they might have chosen to be by benefice, but they are uh, protesting the, the mandates and uh, I assume the vaccines at large. So, Yeah, p- people are pretty enthusiastic uh, on both sides. Like, I hate having to... I, I hate when uh, it drives a wedge between people, really. I think that's the thing that bothers me the most. I just wish it didn't have to get to a point where people are disowning each other like when brother is turning against brother etc you know it's gonna it's it's hard it's hard stuff it might be for really good reason sometimes you just got to put your foot down if there's sometimes things just get toxic and out of hand but if they're trying if if we would say that there's a certain number of people or groups who would benefit or enjoy the idea of uh the damage that a civil war could do if we let it turn brother against brother, et cetera. That's just pretty rough, man. You know, you almost already have a civil war if it's tearing families apart like that. And that's, I think we should. Well, we're we're split geographically. It's not north versus south. It's, uh, I'm not even yeah, sure well, where the lines harder. are. Cause the, I don't either. Where are the know? lines? It's I... like, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's something that is always, um, you know, people should be able to talk about these things and try and learn together you know, kind of talk some of these things out. Because I think sometimes we we can't shut out everybody's voice. They need to be heard or this is going to keep happening. But And there needs to be, you well, know, that's sort respect, of exactly, respect for each other. I think that's exactly what we've done and maybe what media has really been pushing on us. That any... Now, I'll start with a disclaimer. I think the vaccines are safe and you should probably consider getting one. I'm not going to tell you to get one because I'm sort of a libertarian like that. Whereas that's... You you should, but I can't tell you to do that. But I'm currently fully vaccinated. I didn't die. Uh, I I think I think it's all right. I haven't had any real major side effects. I felt a little sickish. I, I will say one. that the people really, who yeah. do complain about the side effects of the vaccine sort of seem like they were one hesitant to get the vaccine in the first place, and two were super conservative and kind of bitches. So I'm thinking yeah, one person you know. in particular. <laughs> I don't want to downplay yeah, anybody's not, side effects. I was a little paranoid but... too, not going to lie. You know, I, I, that's why I, I, mean, I don't even really, sure, I was maybe a little more tired that day, but was that in my head because of all the, all the things I've heard and seen or, you know, scrolled past uh, on my journeys through the internet? It does, uh, I think that even if you don't necessarily subscribe to everything, sometimes some of this stuff can, it's almost like it, just subconsciously sticks in your head even if you're not looking for it it echoes in your mind you're like huh wouldn't it suck if i went and got this and, and then had a heart issue or the blood clots yeah, or the like issue what, th- what happens if i have a you know stroke or whatever um and i and i did it did kind of scare me when we heard about the uh having a little bit of issues with the johnson and johnson one um yeah that that kind of like alarmed me a bit i'm not gonna lie um, I was like, oh man, I'm a, I'm a woman who takes birth control and has a higher risk of stroke in general. And I, you know, I vape, uh, I, I hope that something like that wouldn't happen. You know, even though I know it most likely won't, it just like raise your baseline anxiety surrounding these things. Sometimes. Absolutely. But I, I feels like even saying that, that discussing your own bias and what you thought might happen and nothing happened like a, yeah, I'm, I'm fine yeah <laughs> as far well, as i can tell i'm good even discussing it in, in that fashion is polarizing it's 
anything yeah. that's any question to what we're doing or how we're doing it or questioning, you know, I don't think it's wrong to question the Johnson Johnson vaccine. There's a very small history of that or even the Pfizer if there's a reason to. I think asking questions right. leads us to the, the best outcome. So, yeah. but you, you say that and then you get lumped in with a bunch of crazies that think there's microchips in these things and stuff. Kind of, you know, and all this stuff. I'm not a scientist either. So uh, I would say that if, for people who are really concerned, uh, who fall into some of those categories, maybe there's a little bit of, if, if it's a faith-based concern, I mean... I'm not sure what the the faith based one. I don't understand one. really. I the, mean, if okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this. I mean, no offense to anybody, but if your faith in God is so strong, you think that He'll protect you from getting sick with COVID? Why wouldn't He? By that same logic, why wouldn't He protect you from dying from this vaccine? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna use that logic, then I, see, that's what I don't understand. Because I mean, I have uh, in my way, I believe I've kind of given that situation to God in a sense, because if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I don't have the money for the kinds of health benefits that a lot of people do. You know, uh, there's a good, but I want to do, I want to do the right thing in terms of um, keeping everybody else safe too. And I don't want to have somebody coming to my door <laughs> to tell me I need to take it. Obviously, nobody likes the idea of that. I want to do the right thing. From what I can tell, the professionals seem to indicate that, that it's okay. But I respect, or I totally respect if people are skeptical because we have some. I'm just rambling on now with all my uncertainties about the world. But Well, now yeah, that we've um, discussed I've, the vaccine, I've, I've we've. That, I've given we've, that to God, <laughs> and now, yep, I, I'm not going to die. I think I've made it through. It's going to wear off in six months anyway, so who cares? Yeah, you'll need your fourth <laughs> shot. I saw a news update that the. For the new variant, the Pfizer is, says we're going to need a fourth shot sooner than later. So it... <laughs> Can we just be done? Like, I'm sorry. Can we just be done? That's that's the feeling I have about the whole thing. I'm sure everybody else feels that way, too. It's like, I don't even want to have to question it anymore. I just want to move on with my life. Well, <laughs> we, we, we sort of have, but, but haven't. I mean, so, but <laughs> we've discussed vaccines and we've managed to alienate you know, all of our... Somehow we offended everybody, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm really good at that. Thanks for putting me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you. Well, <laughs> unless they're a Patreon subscriber, which uh, we haven't even set up yet, because so no one's a Patreon <laughs> subscriber. That they have no input in. Uh, that that's the voice of freedom. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna right, put out yeah. our content, not beholden to anybody. Yeah, that's that's the the beauty of being able to do things at your own expense. Ah, uh, yes. But without getting too far off and I, I i think any danger argument for the vaccine is completely bunk like the the percentages are so yeah. low and you're much more likely to die of covid than you are to have a adverse reaction to the vaccine so it's not that and i don't think it's poison i don't think there's microchips or any of the weird crazy things no. that are out there but i am making the Things argument may have been rushed but that could be due to i mean you know it's it's an emergency so they need to make sure that you know people get it as soon as possible hey say it was rushed yeah. but we came at this with a, a singular focus and just dumped a whole lot of money on it my yeah yeah my initial reservations on it were 
that this should be open source. The American people paid for the development of these vaccines. So why are we paying to develop it and then pay on the back end for Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and in other places, AstraZeneca to make a profit on it? Um, so there's countries in Africa that are trying to reverse engineer the vaccine, specifically AstraZeneca, because they say they won't enforce their intellectual property. Why not just give it to them? and let them make the vaccine. This new variant came out of Africa. If we open-sourced it, any comp any facility that could make the vaccine could, and that gets us closer to our goal of vaccinating the world. So, And those guys, speaking of God's work, they're doing it for sure. I That's the thing that has... I, I feel a great amount of resentment, specifically. Like, that's where most of my frustration comes from, is why are we going to trust the same people who gave us the opioid epidemic to take care of us um, after they've, you know, profitized us at the expense of thousands of deaths up. Probably more than thousands of deaths. Um, Hundreds of thousands. I mean, yeah, untold damage. How do we trust those guys, you know? we Why should they profit, especially after we dumped all this public money into it. I mean, sure, you know, take care of their expenses and whatnot, but do they really need to be um, getting fat on our blood here? <laughs> no, and in like, fact... I, I probably shouldn't use language like that because, you know, It's completely accurate. Just, it's ah, It kind of is. <laughs> it would be great if we could trust more in these institutions, and uh, it would be great if those pharmaceutical companies couldn't be in bed with our government making us question why all our taxpayer money is going into this is that is that really for our benefit or are these benefits for the politicians who are then going to end up on the board of these pharmaceutical companies as soon as they leave office and then they'll go back in again is and we'll see the revolving door continue <laughs> speaking of that uh is it on the list uh, i'm not sure maybe it was on one of the uh tiktok casts uh gene forte 700,000 pre-pandemic this is 2016 investment into pfizer Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, this, is that on the bottom here? But yeah, so he probably invested in that when he was over in uh, what is it, New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is on the list here. His home. And that seems. That's <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll skip that when we when we get to that. But seven hundred thousand, and and I, that's not being questioned by anybody. Where are our news sources here? Because I actually had to look it up. It is on Open Secrets where you can you can see that. Mm -hmm that reference and i think i linked it in the thing here but it was actually the great website the great website Do, they're doing the lord's work but hey man the news didn't report on it it wasn't in any of our papers although our papers are a shell of a papers so i understand i picked this up and then had to do some work to go to open secrets and google it for myself and find out the evidence the montana gaily gazette people had this on their front page oh wow the hate group and I what think that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we go to these sites so you don't have to, because sometimes, like the E City Beat, the, this hate group over there, and groups in Whitefish, I, I won't name them, but we go there to see what it is they're saying. And then we will go and verify if there's any truth to it. A lot of time there isn't, but in this case there was. He invested nearly seven hundred thousand in Pfizer, and he's up sixty percent. It was twenty eighteen, excuse me, not not twenty sixteen. So even more reason that makes it more stark. And if, so, yeah, how yeah, can we? Good. If it was open source, now I will not necessarily make this necessarily argument this is the right thing to do 
But this country has a history of nationalizing industry in time of great need. In World War II, we nationalized the Anaconda Company in Butte to make copper. We've we've nationalized trains during wartime. We've production. We I think nationalized most of Ford at one point to make tanks and jeeps. That's right. Ford made jeeps as well for uh, the war effort. Oh yeah. So. For the national emergency that we're in and the national health crisis that we're in, I don't think that's that's unreasonable. But- right. Um, I would say a worldwide pandemic is, pre- uh, yeah, it's pretty far up there on the uh, type of situations where you would imagine that would be a thing. Um, we weren't even a year into this by the time that the COVID had killed more people than both world wars combined. Right. So it seems yeah, like a it qualifies. <laughs> well, speaking of fighting, let's uh let's depart COVID. Like I said, we've alienated everyone somehow. I'm so. sorry, guys. I, I'm not trying to pretend I'm a professional. Yeah, not a uh, epidemiologist. You you have to say that, uh, and not absolutely a... <laughs> not. I pretty much know nothing. I, I'm I like to draw pretty pictures, so that's my qualification for talking about this. And so, very do your own homework. <laughs> make up your own mind. Well, we must arm the children. Indeed. Well, we uh, we're gonna do it. Permitless carry on campuses was found to be unconstitutional, and Austin Knudsen is appealing that because, like I said, we must arm the children. It, That's right. Yes, yeah, so, and campus is talking specifically for universities. Nobody's. Uh, we should take it a step further. I mean, high school, we must arm all the students. We've got to level this playing field once and for all. It's the yeah, only it way. It makes it really easy to know who needs, uh, who wants to answer a question in class. You just shoot the gun at the ceiling. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> better, better not have any two-story schools. Uh, that, could be, that could be pretty Ooh, problematic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this challenge will succeed i'm thinking not this went to the uh, montana supreme court um i guess they they decided that universities whether private or public can make their own rules about what you can or can't have on their property so uh, i on that extent it sort of makes sense to me and we did have permitless concealed carry on universities for most of a year like nine months and nothing nothing happened um gonna sound like a gun nut it seems like most adults are responsible you would think but then again i've been to universities too so i don't know about that <laughs> right how well, old is an adult I, gosh i don't know i i feel like that's kind of in question at this point <laughs> it's more of a a range of of ages that people become an adult i think that's becoming a little bit more clear now there are some very naive 18 year olds out there so right some of yeah. them you some wouldn't want to forever. have a gun but <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> But in this country, uh, that's that is our right. So, well, we back to angry tweets. We thought with the last election we were done with this, but they're back. Twitter's the source of everything nowadays, and the the cast is on Twitter, but we don't do much of it other than say, "Hey, we have a new episode up," or occasionally retweet links that we find interesting. We're we're that's not twittering thing. right. It's a healthy uh, thing. I think, or are you twittering right? I think that you need to ask yourself this question again. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to get too deep into it. And there are people that tweet like a hundred times a day. Our our old president used to do that. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Like six a.m. and you know he just woke up and is probably pooping. It's like, what? Do you, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I wonder what he's doing. When he's got, he's doing these tweets. That's what I was wondering. It's like, what the hell are you like waking up from a nightmare and writing? Or seems so disjointed. And <laughs> <laughs> that's how we got Cafefe. 
But the yes. the gist of it, developer of Mazulian, it's a, a a group of three. But looks like they're all out of state developers, a pair of brothers and a, a, a third guy who want to develop the Missoulian building into something fancy for Missoula. And they hired MGM Group to do all the permits and the planning on that. And so they, the three investors, they, they backed out because one of the owners said mean things to people online. He posted, and it was on Instagram, and then it leaked over. So I, I called it tweets, but it was on Instagram. So uh, oh, it was on Instagram. Yeah, mixing it yeah, all. Yeah, I didn't see the actual uh offending It was taken uh, down. Did did you get any screen caps? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, Where anybody archive this? I failed at this. <laughs> so uh, well, well, I don't even know if I should be offended or not then. Well, I don't think you should because the gist of it is he posted a it was like a 3D rendering of what the Mazulian will look like. And as an outside investor looking to invest in Montana, some people don't take too kindly to that. And so we're, we're calling him out saying he's ruining it. And then we're threatening to shoot him at the Missoulian. And he was legitimately no, getting threatened guys. by people. I think at that point, it's like understandable if you're like, uh, excuse me, people, you're, you're being unreasonable. I think it would be even could even go further than that. That's really, really frustrating when you get death threats for just trying to do your freaking job. Right. I don't want to paint the guy as a saint. Um, like I said, he's an investor. He's looking to make money and and put money into this to to make it. Because right now it sits mostly empty. Like the Missoulian has, what, three reporters yeah. or something? And they're going to move to like a rental space somewhere. <laughs> so the building has, was sold less last liminal. year. Yes. Less. Well, that's. The just like the Tribune building in in Great Falls, and just like the the Billings Gazette building or any yeah. newspaper, these were the prime like pride things. The Great Falls right? one, big windows overlooking the river, like right you can see the big tower thing. Same thing in Missoula, the big windows overlooking the river. It's right in oh. the heart of Missoula, so expensive real estate. There's like two different walking paths and bike paths that go through it. It's a very nice building, or could be a nice building. But, of course, the Missoulian is a shell of its former self and, like I said, has three whole reporters now. And Yeah, it's all ghostly and stuff. Yeah, so it sits empty just like the Tribune and Gazette buildings. The guy was putting a lot of money into develop it into part, I guess it was going to be part rental and then part, like, light business. Like, there'd be a cafe in, like, a central area, but he had a concept video. And, like I said, I don't want to paint him as a saint, but that seems to be something with a net benefit to the community, I think. What do people expect so. to happen to the Missoulian building? Yeah, it looked like they were trying to make it kind of nice for the community rather than just just a place for just this business. Right, and um, business not yeah, utilizing it, it nice. and getting closer to split level every day because they're not utilizing it. So yeah, it's not like they're it's not like they're you know gonna pave over somebody's mama's ranch or something. Like <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand what could be so upsetting about it, really. But. Well, with the rental prices and property prices in Missoula, people are just upset about outside investors doing anything uh, in Missoula, even though these people appear to be, of course, they're investors, so they're acting for profit, but also that aligns with, I think, potentially some of the best interests of Missoula. Well, yeah, I mean, and there's also, I mean, is it just me? I'm pretty sure there's like several startups and, uh, you know, isn't there going to be like some Amazon facilities and whatnot over there? And I would say if you're going to allow them to come in and whatnot, you know, it, you should expect there to be 
them to be contributing to the community in a meaningful way, trying to, you know, even if it's just beautifying an area that's a little bit neglected or could be used more appropriately, I think that would be a great thing. I think maybe people are looking at it a little bit backwards sometimes, but... I mean, I understand that there's probably points to be made. I can't even really argue since I haven't seen these offensive tweets. <laughs> the responses were sort of in line with, I guess, my opinions on it. He he, made some comments. I'm going to crush you with my wallet. <laughs> Stuff like that. That was unfav- unsafe. <laughs> probably true. <laughs> Stuff like that. And it accused people of uh, not being doers. And he's like, why don't you sit down like while professionals like me figure out how to improve this building? And like I said, I don't want to paint him in the the positive, positive light. Um, he later apologized that he should have taken the high road, and he yeah he, he yeah. should have. Well, at least he apologized. <laughs> I did see that, so I mean, I was like, well, how bad could it be? You know, I mean, he at well, least apologized. Usually, when somebody really says something messed up, they won't apologize. Well, bad enough <laughs> that the planners from MGM pulled out of it, and so now there's not really a. They need to hire a different company. Currently, it's sitting doing nothing. and It's just literally an empty place for bums to urinate and poop. Hey, at least it's not on the trail. Hey, guys, there's a new place to go. (laughs) Stay off the trail. Yeah, Go to the warehouse. (laughs) It's unoccupied. There won't be be anybody in there for a while. Go have have some fun. Uh, So that's that's too bad that it came to that, because I would like to see something good happening with the uh, Missoulian. And it's in such... I think so. It's almost a nature area, so it's... Like if there was the building wasn't there, there would never be a building because it's not quite a conservancy, but the town probably wouldn't like that. So kind of a park area. Yeah, a park and like having premium businesses there or their business, and then some condo rental units or whatever. Uh, it sounds like something that would have been great, but apparently it's not in the cards anymore as of now. But that's of course apt to change. It's safer than a completely empty building. Have a little bit of life in the area, a little bit of reason for people to be there, so it doesn't uh, end up like uh, waterworks in Great Falls, the public drug in Great <laughs> Falls, any number of butte buildings. <laughs> yes, butte's a, a different animal. We we talked last week about why stagnant properties are sitting in some places, and in Great Falls, um, who knows? Maybe the public drug people, or they didn't own it, but whoever owned the building, they just leased from it, and it burnt down fifteen years ago, just about. Yeah, a long time ago, but and it's been unused and half burnt since. Huh. Well, jeez. Kind of an eyesore. I mean, I'm not the kind of person that usually says that because it's like, you know, sometimes eyesores are people's houses and you need to mind your own dang business. Um, <laughs> but yeah, half burned buildings, you know, I'm sure that could be improved upon. Well, yeah, or anything or bulldoze it. But of course, that costs money and it sounds yep. like nobody has the money to do that. But anyway. Well, Hopefully, hopefully something's done about it before, you know, it becomes a hazard that somebody who might be foolish enough to try and keep warm in there or something. That would suck. Get on the path to universal health care with the VA, which... Yes. Yes, there's a new VA facility in Miles City. So as we expand these sort of things, and I'm, I'm, I was sort of feeling like with Medicare expansion, which was Bullock's big platform, and he got... Medicare expansions it through twice during his tenure. Could have had another one, but we elected some other guy. But mm. uh, <laughs> but that seems to be the road towards a more Canadian-like system, it feels like. And But at the same time, the VA... I've never been to the VA, so I couldn't tell you, but I have heard complaints. Tester's been angry about it. He did the thing where he looks over the top of his glasses and yells at somebody. And I'm feeling like the VA is something that we... 
that's a debt that we owe. So that's not something we should should skimp on. Yeah, right. And we couldn't even necessarily compare it to universal health care in the sense that these people were made a promise. They sacrificed their health for our country. And if we can't keep our promises to the people who fight our wars, it's not very honorable. No, and it's, I mean, we couldn't even keep our promises to the 9-11 first responders until, geez, it took Jon Stewart coming out to do anything yeah. about that. So, and they wonder why people don't trust that they're going to be looked out for in this country. You wonder why. You know, people could lose their freaking legs. They could go get their nuts blown off for this country and get diddly freaking squat and end up lonely, traumatized, and in terrible health without any assistance and waiting months to get care that to me is a sin i couldn't tell you firsthand how that experience is but uh, i've heard both traumatic and also heard that they're getting a lot better by adding new facilities and new services so this is i mean the model of the va if we can get that to succeed could look like a you know a model for universal health care in the country potentially if we can get that working right which we haven't because it feels like there's a uh, percentage of the country that wants to make government not work like government doesn't work and we'll prove it yeah, so. well if it's gonna exist it needs to work you, you guys don't seem to understand that uh, you're trying to still you you guys will still have government it will just freaking suck because nobody's gonna let go of the influence and power of government like that's not you know it's not gonna go anywhere somebody will always be called to the shots so we might as well make it work right like i, I have never understood that I've never understood that. And I see it so much. Right. The the failures are, are everywhere. And I'm I'm actually really thrilled that they're doing a new it's an actual dedicated VA facility. And there's several of them around the state. I think there's a big one in Helena. I think Great Falls is a smaller clinic office and uh, some others around. I don't know the locations off the top of my head. But I'm I'm thrilled that that's the way that's being taken care of in a dedicated matter because a lot of these issues that these vets are are experiencing are issues that you know, you're not going to encounter in regular practice. I mean, is your regular doctor going to know how to handle the after effects of Agent Orange from Vietnam? So, uh, no, guy who had that too, you know, and man, the poor guy. Like, I feel very, very strongly after having met that person, I feel very strongly about this stuff. The federal government said Agent Orange didn't exist until I think the early 2000s, and so these people were entirely untreated. For that, yeah, it's so sick, you know. Like, yeah, that's such like further trauma to being uh, further traumatizing from being just being suffering an injury to be gaslit, tried to ma- have people try and manipulate you that it didn't happen or that you're crazy. That's you know, I mean, that sounds like an abusive relationship to me. I think we shouldn't have abusive relationships with our soldiers who trust to do their best for our country. Right, Where we we, we put so much on these guys, men and women. Offer but, somebody a better treatment than your own country. But I'm glad they're getting those dedicated facilities instead of. I know the VA has done this in the past, where they they outsource to private practitioners, and in some cases that makes sense. However, in a lot of cases it it doesn't. Private regulation and the private you know incentive. When we get to a, a Medicare model where we simply just paying private providers for Medicare, but skews the market, in, in my opinion. Also believe that the free market works it works for itself, we'll say that, but it also 
works as far as getting economies and scales and prices, whatever. But when you get the government in that, like with Medicare being the huge buying force that it is, negotiates prices, that adversely affects the market for everybody else. We we got off the uh, the trail there. Let's get something more Montana. We've already discussed uh, Greg Jean Forte's investments in the pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to say that again. So <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, let's, let's remind people that uh, Greg Jean Forte has invested nearly seven hundred k in Pfizer. Well, and let's move on to delisting the grizzlies from the Endangered Species Act. So yes, the bears. Yeah, we're gonna tie this back into Greg. He's uh yeah. he, he's every man with wolves. He yeah. he got a few or got a wolf last year, I believe. And he remember he got the tagged wolf. It had the radio collar on it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know he's just really got to demonstrate his masculinity here. He's all hopped up on that Pfizer and uh, <laughs> all that. Crazy. Fi- he's gonna kill all the bears. I I've, I know that people posture. that are very anti-wolf very anti-wolf there are some people that are just like oh wolf's interesting but there are people that are anti like fervently oh uh, i've seen the bumper stickers man there's some there's some very passionate people around here like you know i understand you know you feel you feel passionately about a topic you know maybe you get a you get a sticker but like five Plus all your NRA stickers, like, dude, you need to see out the back of your truck. <laughs> they, they your used hate to... <laughs> is obscuring your vision, like, <laughs> like, literally at this point. You need to just, like, calm down a little bit. Um, while you're driving, you probably shouldn't be shooting any wolves. So why don't we just stop S- thinking about that so hard right Smoke <laughs> a pack a day, as they say. But <laughs> if... Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Maybe put it. Put your stickers on your gun. Like, why? Why do they need? Are you, are you like driving into the forest in your truck trying to mow them down? This your wolf killing mobile. I don't get that. They are. We have wolf tags, and I know people that they get wolves and also eat them, which I thought was weird because they're they're too close to dog for me. Oh, that's you know that's one I have never heard. Jeez, that sounds really. Yep. Uh, they eat them, and yeah. I um, suppose that sounds pretty Montana. Um, <laughs> Hoofed animals. Yeah. It, that's well, only here, I guess. Yeah. Well, if they eat your deer or your, they eat deer and they eat. Well, I mean, if they eat your livestock, I suppose you're just getting back what you put in. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, speaking of livestock, Montana has a program. If your livestock are killed by a wolf, they will actually pay you for that livestock. Yeah, it, like same we, thing with grizzlies. Really, grizzlies too. Yeah, um, and it sounds like. You can get paid a uh, commercial price for them. Huh. So, so it's hopefully you're not losing money. You might actually, you know, be okay because you're probably going to get the. I, I'm not sure what the exact percentages are, but it sounds like you can recover your costs if you're lucky. If there's enough uh, funding given to that. Uh, and I think that's something that we're going to need to do because. We've got our grizzly bears population up to where the the Endangered Species Act agreement wants us to be federally. If we are going to take that over again, um, the bear the number of bears should stay the same if we're capable of maintaining this uh, at the healthy levels that we're supposed to. If we're to maintain that, we're still going to see the same number of uh, missing missing cattle uh, that we're seeing right now, and that's gone up. Um, and apparently, we have to share a lot of that money, you know, all over the state. There's a limit to it. And I think rather than trying to, you know, wrestle these bears and grizzlies and go out and protect them ourselves, why don't we just, you know, skip wrestling with bears and 
to try and save our cows, try and make sure these guys are paid for those losses because they're going to keep happening, unfortunately. Um, and that's our responsibility to up that amount to be able to cover those. Because before, you know, might have been better for ranchers in some ways, but you're still going to have yeah, the, a lot of losses. You're going to continue to have these losses. The people that are really fervent about both these these animals, wolves and, and grizzlies, are... I mean, farmers are such a small percentage of the population. Very, very small. And I forget the figures. Was it like $100 million that Montana paid out for uh, wolf uh, losses? I, I think that um, it's, in, it's like quad, like tripled Oof. So in the past like few years. Yeah, as we've succeeded at the, in these goals. So part of it is that. I also think that there's we also want to make sure that those funds are being well uh, well managed too, and that we're of course we would want to make sure that there's nobody committing fraud there. Um, right, and there's I think space for that. And that of co- could be very always. unfair to people who have legitimate claims, and that would be my concern there. Right, and how do you price an animal? I mean, if a, a dairy cow that's you know ending getting close to its uh, slaughter date is. I, I think you would pay close to what they would get at the slot at the meat plant rather than the price right. of a of a new adult cow like a brand new one yeah yeah, yeah like a skinny one <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how they 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 figure that out but it's uh-huh. like I said farmers are such a small part of that and and going back historically I mean threats of predators have always been an issue for farmers whether it be coyotes or you know, wolves or bears or you know, those little fox things and et cetera. Chupacabra. Yes, lots of danger in that. And that risk has always been taken on by the farmers. Um, but since right. we relisted wolves, who were, by the way, historically here, um, we handled that and then brought them back. We eradicated them and brought them back. Yeah. So it it, it well, seems like this whole program... struggle a little more with it. Yeah, well, they're struggling, and there's there's always been struggling because... I mean, historically, if you were a homesteader, that was a threat that you had to deal with. And yes, yeah, you just had to deal with that by yourself at that time. Right, you, you had to go sucks. fight the bear, get yeah. your muzzle loader, and get not good. Wrestling bears, you know, unless you're really into that kind of thing, you know. No, Anyways. bears are friends, not food. Friends, not food. <laughs> Although I've had bear before, it was a black bear. Long time ago, I don't remember jerky. it. Somebody make bear jerky. They did have some jerky. They had some bear, you know, hamburger. Um, I guess you wouldn't really call it a hamburger then, just beef. So, anyway, um, I don't remember it either way. So, couldn't tell you. Would it be like instead of beef? Would it be like bear? Yeah, it's a bear. A bear for burger. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> but. Paying them out in this program has been a well, sort of a concession to the anti-wolf people, which, by the way, were historically here. And it, I don't want to say that they should take on that risk themselves. And certainly, there's you know, livestock or uh, insurance could cover that. But it seems like the government is trying to take on the risk that yeah. the business should yeah. be taking on. Which yes, and if we're going to be, uh, it, it needs to be. Because it's, yeah, you guys can't. Uh, it, it would it would feel unfair to them at this point to uh, what we're you know to continue to let these high costs and not not everybody being covered for these losses. I mean, basically, it's just to save the state money, right? Rather than continue to provide this this benefit to offset these 
federal programs that are causing changes uh, to the environment where these guys have to try and raise their livestock. And they're there has been changes, but the people that advocate for rules say it's for the, the best. Job, unfortunately, yeah. that is, you know, if I were if I were to, yeah, I'd say it's comes with the job, <laughs> deal with it. But it's very, it's you know, very, very good that you know, very generous of the state to be doing this for them. Um, and yeah, it's a heck of a lot cooler than letting people go uh, <laughs> go wrestle them bears. <laughs> Go defend your flock. You, you have a good dog for that, but I've seen some oh, terrible well, anti. Risk my bear. I, I mean, my dog. <laughs> well, jeez, I never risk my bear or my dog. I just try to keep my my bears You're and my dogs bear, safe. But <laughs> well, it looks like that is all we have on our list today. Unless uh, did I miss anything other than Greg G and Forte investing seven hundred thousand dollars into Pfizer in twenty eighteen? Did we cover that? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, um, what what was it again? What oh, did he uh, invest in? Uh, um, that was in Pfizer specifically. Pfizer stock. Pfizer stock. Ha! Huh. Which you can find oh. on Open Secrets, and once again, only the hate group reports on this. They're they're trying to wrestle with one their love for Greg Gianforte and two his positive attitude on the vaccine not mandates, but he said he's gotten it, and he says you should get it too. Um, so. They're they're trying to manage the love hate there with Greg Gianforte. It feels like that's why they reported on it. They're like, oh, he was just doing it for the money, so it's all right. I think that's what they're going for. Maybe they should just talk it out over a nice tall, frosty needle full of COVID vaccine. <laughs> uh, can you drink Who that? Knows? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You probably like bust it open on the table, like a liquor bottle or something. <laughs> Well, uh, let's flip it out of there. Show it's you know, power move, alpha move, man. Absolutely. You think I'm afraid of your vaccine? Shh. Chug it. <laughs> what do you think of that, huh? <laughs> your vaccine can't kill me. Well, Mick the Ma- new world order is never gonna kill me, <laughs> and we're gonna overthrow the Illuminati. Give me all your COVID vaccines. I'll drink all of them. <laughs> super, super side note here. But McMaster Car, the Harbor Freight of Canada, seems to think that they can make a breathalyzer vaccine. Whoa. I know. It, it, they're flying too close to the sun. breathe it in? Yeah, just like an inhaler, it looks like. <laughs> huh, well, that's bizarre. Huh. How bizarre. But let's uh, put this episode of Montana Voices Podcast in the books here. You, we are, of course, on MontanaVoicesPodcast.com. You can listen to all of our episodes there. To contact us, we're MontanaVoicesPodcast at gmail.com. We have all the social medias, the TikToks, the Twitter, the the YouTube, uh, Facebook. We are simply at Montana Voices Podcast. 